more than we can ask. This is the God who can do more than we can even imagine. This is the God who's working with us and in us and among us right now. When we have that kind of focus on the promise and the power and the person of God, then we have hope no matter how dark the days may seem. And if we have hope, friends, we live in joy. So today we rejoice in hope. Do you realize this family should be a family that is filled with joy? Joy! And I know we've got some Eeyores among us, but even the Eeyores among us should be supernaturally lifted to see the power and the promise and the person of God so that they have hope and they contribute to the joy. In fact, I would contend that the reason we gather together is so that we might stir up this joy together. So that you and I, if I'm having a bad down week, I come here and I'm with you and you're with me and the hope that you have seeps into my soul and I begin finding joy again because I found hope again. And Paul adds in this last phrase of verse 12, he says, uh, consistent in prayer. Do you know what that means? The secret sauce of a climate of joy among the family of God is prayer. Not just personal prayer, although that's essential, but also corporate prayer. The reason we get together at 6.30 on Tuesday night in the chapel is because we want to create a climate of joy. We submit ourselves to the uh, lordship of Jesus Christ in prayer, but also we pray that hope might come alive in you and in me and in we today. We need to do our part in this climate of joy. If you're depending on me and only me to expound hope when we gather together, my goodness, I don't have enough fits to pitch to create the kind of joy that we need. But if all of us all of us have this holy perspective of who we are in Christ and the promises of God, then we can stir that joy up in each of us. That's what love does. Cling to God's will. Be committed to one another in love. Serve the Lord uh, passionately and purposefully. Create a climate of joy and then care for the needs of others. We got to care for, for people who are in their need. This is verse 13. And again, I... I, I I don't have to explain this one too much, but, but let me go ahead and just do a moment. Distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Because we are a family who has genuine love, we open our hands to help those in need, and we open our hearts and even our homes to those who are in need. This isn't given as an option for the family. This is given as a mandate to the family. I'm always excited to hear about our life groups caring for one another in their need. This past weekend, one of our life groups went to one of their uh, life group members' homes and, and did some uh, work around that house because of a family in need. That, that's it. True love. Genuine love cares for the needs of the saints, opens our hands, also opens our hearts. Do you know as a church, we're looking 
and pursuing an opportunity to host an, uh, a refugee family uh, from Afghanistan. You might say, well, that goes against my political ideas, and I, I, don't know, I can't believe we would do that. Why would we do that? Uh, verse 13. Look, the Word of God trumps even my political ideologies. Does it yours? It must. Because that's what love demands. I, I want to close with just a, 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 a little history note. Uh, in the fourth century A.D., Rome, and by the way, this was a letter to believers in Rome, so they were stuck, you know, right in the middle of all this, but four, four centuries, three centuries after this letter was written, uh, Rome had become Christian under Constantine, but Constantine was followed by his son, who was kind of lax in uh, Christian faith, and then, and then he was, uh, his son was followed by Julian, a Roman emperor. And, and here's what Julian hated Christians. The emperor of Rome, he, he hated Christians. And he did everything he could to make it hard on Christians. Um, but, but even Julian, who persecuted and despised Christians, this is what he said about the church. He said, Christianity, or the Christian cause, Christianity has been specially advanced through the loving service rendered to strangers. It is a scandal that there is not a single Christian who is a beggar, and that the godless Galileans, Christians, care not only for their own poor, but for ours as well. While those who belong to us look in vain for the help that we should render them. Do you realize that when we have open hands and open hearts and even open homes to one another and to others, it communicates to a world stuck in darkness and longing for true love. It communicates that we know where that love comes from and we can share it. Can you imagine what would happen in seven cities of Hampton Roads if this family of faith became even more diligent to care for people in need? Open hand, open heart to help those who are in need. That's what true love does. That's what true love does. As we close today, we're going to focus in on the giver of true love, God himself. We're going to focus in on his love for us. And, and I want you to just sit and think and meditate and reflect on the love that God has given you. And if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, just celebrate that. Maybe you want to come to this altar and just thank God. Or maybe there's some aspects of true love in the family that you're not displaying and you need to get that right. Maybe this altar is a place for you to come. There are going to be ministers up here. Maybe you need to come and talk with one of our ministers and let them pray with you, um, encourage you, and strengthen you. And that's certainly an option. As we sing this song, perhaps, perhaps you're not yet a follower of Jesus and you long for that to happen. You can come and talk to one of the ministers here. Or maybe... 
Uh, maybe you've been a spectator in this family, and it's time for you to join up. It's time for you to be part of this family. And so in a few moments when we worship the Lord together in song, and, and, and you're there, and, and the Spirit of God is working in your heart, and He shares with you how He wants you to respond, that's, this is the time to do it. Maybe just sit and sing, and maybe coming up front is just way out of bounds, and you're just not even into that, but there are some questions that you have. Or maybe there are concerns in your heart. Maybe you long to become a follower of Christ or a member of our church. I invite you to go to our Next Steps station in the Grand Lobby and, and talk to one of the people there, and they would love to share with you those next steps. So, Father, in these next few moments, I pray that you would touch our hearts, melt any callousness in us that would cause us to reject your word. I pray that you would lean toward us by your grace and that we would yield to you in submission in these next few moments. Be glorified as we soak in your love in these next few moments, as we soak in the love that you've given us and are giving us. May that love then spill out of us toward one another. Now be glorified as we worship you. Give us courage to respond as you call us to. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.